Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. I am your host, James Orr, and this is another episode of the Serving Real Estate Investors.com kind of uh, webinars we're doing. And this one is about how to work with real estate investors that buy five times as many properties as a typical homeowner might. And I'm going to show you some stats today that I think you're going to be excited to see. But part of the class, my part of my thinking for this class is realizing that working with real estate investors has some significant advantages in terms of number of transactions and sometimes even transaction size. I mean, you could decide if you're a real estate agent to work with you know, more luxury home buyers and have a higher price point as well. But real estate investors, you can do significantly larger size properties when they decide to do apartment buildings or you know, fourplexes or whatever they want to do there. And so you get to choose a little bit of which investors you want to work with. And part of that choice is the classes you teach will attract different types of investors. Now, it's possible you could do a class on you know, how to buy your first investment property and you happen to get someone who comes there who wants to buy an 100-unit apartment building and they just happen to be you know, interested in seeing what's going on in the local marketplace and the local investor club. However, you tend to find that the types of classes you teach attract certain types of investors. So for example, if you decide to teach more classes on buying fix and flip properties, you could find investors that want to do fix and flip properties, and they may do more frequent transactions than someone who's buying a rental every time they save up 25% down. And so you could sort of cater to the type of investor, the types of properties you can find, the types of investors you can serve, and the number of transactions and the size of transactions that they do. With that being said, today I'm going to share with you a, a relatively... I, I actually think that they're probably the best real estate investor clients to have. So let's let's just go through it. I won't kind of ruin the surprise, but here we go. So the typical, the median, the middlemost number. So if you think about what median means, it means that if we stack up all the different homeowners and we ordered them in terms of how long they live in the property from the lowest amount, you know, the shortest amount that they live in the property to the longest amount that they live in the property, basically they live there until they die. And you order them from lowest to highest. And we look at the middlemost number. That's what median is. Average is when you add up all of them and you divide through by how many there are, but median is when you look at the middle one. And so the middlemost homeowner as of the most recent stats from 2022 from the National Association of Realtors, excuse me, lives in their property on average 10 years. Okay, so this shows you a chart, tenure, the amount of time that they lived in their previous home for the 2022 National Association of Realtors by age of seller. This is how this one's broken out. And I think I've got some other ones in here. This is by property type, but let's look at age of seller first. So for all sellers, 4% of them stayed in their property for one year or less. 10% stayed in their property for two to three years. 13% of them stayed in the property four to five years. 12% um, of them stayed in the property six to seven years. 12% stayed for eight to 10 years. 13% stayed from 11 to 15 years. 10% stayed from 16 to 20. And 25%, one fourth of all sellers stayed in their properties for 21 years or more. But if we look at the median, the middlemost number, they stayed in their property for 10 years. So half of them stayed more than that, half of them stayed less than that. And if you might notice here, younger people tend to stay in their properties for less time. So if people aged 
sellers aged 18 to 34 stayed in their property for six years, aged 35 to 44 stayed in their property five years, 45 to 54 stayed in their property 10 years, then 55 to 64 stayed in their property 14 years, 65 to 74 stayed in their property 16 years, and 75 or older stayed in their property on median 19 years. So if you think about that, typically the younger the person, the, the more frequently they're going to move. So if you learn nothing else from this class, and you decide, hey, look, I don't really want to work with investors, but this is super interesting because if I want to do more transactions per time period, you know, if you pick a 10-year time period and you want to do more transactions with certain types of clients, you would be better off focusing in on this younger group because they only live in their properties for six years. So if you think about it, they stay in their property for six years. And if you're able to stay in touch with them and add, you're really good to them when they did their first transaction or you have really good relationship with them, by the time they're ready to sell, you might have a good chance of getting the sale of the property and also the purchase of the replacement property. So you could possibly get two commissions out of that. And that's if they stay in their property for six years, that little group. So really what you're talking about is one commission every three years on average. Really, they happen at the same time at the six-year point, but I'm sort of like breaking it down by number of commissions per year. So, so this would be one commission every three years is a way of looking at that. Now, the average, or I'm sorry, the median seller of all the different age groups though is 10. So if we think about that, after 10 years, they're going to sell their property and you might be able to capture a commission helping them sell. And then they're going to buy a replacement property. You might be able to commission capture the buy. You're really talking about being able to earn a commission on average once every five years from a typical seller. Now, what if we got a investor client whose strategy it was to buy a property with an owner-occupant loan, usually 3% down if they're doing their first property, 3.5% down if they're doing FHA, or 5% down if they're doing conventional financing. So they save up 5% down, they move into a property, they sign a piece of paper when they get their purchase that says, I agree to live in the property for at least a year. That's the requirement of getting an owner-occupant loan with these really low down payments and really low interest rates. They move into the property. They live there for a year or until they save up their next 5% down. Usually it's about a year for most clients, I would say. But some clients take a little longer. Then at the end of the year, they end up converting their previous property to a rental. They keep it and they purchase a new property with you. And they repeat this process every year for five years until they come up with five rental properties or four rental properties and one that they live in. Think about it that way. So if they had saved up, you know, about 20% down for a single investment property, now you could help them understand, hey, look, rather than buy one property with 20% down, why don't we have you do this one strategy where you can acquire five properties basically over a five-year period for just a little bit more than you've saved up already with this 20% down. And the math usually works out, depending on what their savings rate is, that they usually can buy five properties with a single 20% down payment with a reasonable savings rate and a reasonable return on the money that they're not using for that first down payment. So in that case, instead of getting one transaction every five years, really it's two every 10 on median. Now we're talking about finding an investor client, in this case, a nomad, someone who's buying a property, living there for a year, then converting it to a rental, then repeating the process and doing it. They're able to buy five times as many properties in that same five-year period because you're buying five. So you get to choose the types of clients you work with. And one of the great things about being able to work with these nomad clients is they are amazing clients to work with. They're super appreciative. There's lots of things you can teach them, lots of ways that you can add value. So 
really, this is a way for you to work with investors that buy five times as many properties as a typical home seller might, okay? So they're really, if you think about it, they're really five times better than a typical home seller is in terms of commissioners. Not better as a person. I mean, you guys get that, right? Okay, so let's look at some other stats because I think this is interesting. So when people buy properties, how long do they think that they're going to stay in their home that they purchased? And this is broken out. This is from the uh, 2022 National Association of Realtors um, profile of buyers and sellers. You can go buy this report. It's like 20 bucks if you're a part of uh, if you're a part of NAR. Uh, if you're not part of NAR, they charge some outrageous fee, like 200 bucks for it. But if you're part of NAR, you can get the whole report, which has a bunch of really interesting data in it for like 20 bucks. Just go to the NAR website. You can order it right there online directly from them. But these are a couple of the slides from that. So this is showing you how long the home buyer thought that they were going to live in the property if they were a first time home buyer or if they were a repeat buyer. Um, and if they bought new homes or previously owned homes. So in this case, it shows you that the typical buyer for all of these different situations thought that they were going to stay in their home for 15 years. But that is not usually what ends up happening. They don't usually end up staying in their home for 15 years. Some of them do, but not all of them do. Okay. So more than 50% of them thought they were going to stay there for 60 year, 16 years or more. 1% didn't know. So it's heavily skewed toward this higher end. Some of them are really buying these properties and only thinking they're going to be there for a short period of time, but it's the minority. Now, first-time home buyers believe that they're going to stay in their properties longer than someone who has already been in a home before and they realize, hey, things happen. I don't usually stay in a property as long as I think I'm going to. And so that happens to be 15 years as well. When people buy a brand new home, they tend to live in there 15 years. They tend to want to live in there 15 years. And if they bought a previously owned home, it's the same number. But the breakdown is slightly different. So you can go look that if you want to. So at time of purchase, at time of purchase, most buyers expect to stay in a home for 15 years. Now, if you cater to the group of people that think that they're going to buy a home, live there for a year, and then convert it to a rental, you could choose to work with clients that are doing more transactions, and you can add value to them by teaching them all the things that they need to know in order to do that strategy. The nomad strategy is what we call that. Okay. Now, this shows you how long sellers have stayed in their home going all the way back to 1985. So all the way back in 1985, a seller, according to their survey at the time, stayed in their home on median, the middlemost number, five years. So a long time ago, whatever that is, 15 plus 22 years, that's uh, 37 years ago. 37 years ago, it was typical. Half of them did better than this, half of them did worse than this, only stayed in their home for five years. Then for a long time, it was about six. There was one year where it was seven, but up until about 2007, 2008, the typical seller stayed in their home for six years. And so if you were working with, you know, the traditional, you know, regular seller, regular buyer properties, they might live in their property for six years. At the end of the six years, you might be able to get a commission for them selling a property. You might be able to get a commission for you helping them buy the replacement property. And so in that case, you were averaging a commission every three years for every client you had in your list. That has since changed. If you were relying on that as a business model, if you were still doing this real estate brokerage stuff back then, now you realize that those numbers are very, very different than what they were. They've increased. So in 2008, I think, they increased to seven. Next year, increased to eight. Next year, increased to nine. And we've been hovering around this nine or 10 years that they've stayed in their home, except for one little dip here, looks like for COVID. A lot of people might've just moved and moved out early. So, but for the most part, we're hovering around this nine or 10 year point for how long people typically stay in their home. And that's been true for a decade. 
That is not a new phenomenon. I think this is the chart I showed you before where we broke it down by age, basically showing you that the median is 10. Younger people tend to sell their homes a little bit faster, a little sooner than older people tend to sell their homes. Uh, once you get up into the you know 45 and older range, you're at 10 plus. Now, this shows you how long people stay in their home based on the type of property that it is. When you look at all types of properties, they stay in their home about 10 years. However, if you live in a duplex, an apartment or a condo in a two to four unit structure, you tend to stay in your home for less time. You tend to want to move out six. And this also holds true from the data I've seen in the past for how long people tend, tend to stay in their rental properties. So if you're a investor or if you have investor clients and your investors are wondering, should they buy you know, duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, or single family homes, realize that the vacancy, the turnover, and the expenses of turnover like the, the amount of updates you need to do to a property because you have a tenant turn, tend to increase when you buy duplexes, apartments, condos, two to four unit structures, right? Because if they're staying in the property less, we're seeing this in the sales data, we also see this in the renter data, where they tend not to stay in those units quite as long as someone who lives in a regular detached home. And when they send the detached home for longer, it means that you have less vacancy and you have less turnover expenses because you may have a tenant who stays there for 15 years. And a lot of times you're not replacing the carpet of a tenant who's lived in the property for 15 years until after the 15 years is up. Whereas you may be replacing the carpet every five years if you have a lot of tenant turnover. Okay, so that's part of what I want to talk about, about these increased expenses. So you might see those show up in your numbers. And when your clients ask you about that, you can talk to them about this chart or the same chart that we have that we see for renters. Okay, so you can see though that uh, six years for that duplex apartment condo, two to four unit structure, apartment condo building with five or more units. It tends to be a little bit longer for that, which is counterintuitive for me. Uh, townhome, row house, six years for that. Detached single family homes, 11 years, so a little bit above what the median was for that one. If they live in a mobile or manufactured home, eight years, and then other 19 years. I'm not sure what other is, but apparently they stay there for a long time when they live in those. Okay, so that is what I wanted to go over today. Really, if you think about it, you get to choose the types of clients that you get to work with when you focus on real estate investors. You can choose to work with guys that are doing fix and flips. If you can find fix and flip deals in your marketplace that you could serve them with. And so you can cater to guys that are buying, you know, three or four properties a year if you really want to do that. Or you could cater to these folks that are able to buy properties and help them build wealth that are buying a property a year and they're trying to save up 5% down or 3.5% down or 3% down, depending on the loan program or 0% down after doing USDA or VA for at least the first loan or two. So you can help them do that and acquire a series of properties over that short period of time. So, I mean, not that I want to put a, a target or a number on someone's head, but if you think about it, I don't know what it is in your marketplace, but in our marketplace, the commission is, you know, at least 10K. Um, you know, we're seeing, you know, about 3% commissions in, for the most part, and most properties are, you know, $500,000. So I think 10K is reasonable. So if somebody is going to come in and they want to go buy 10 properties over 10 years, they're doing a nomad strategy and they want to acquire 10 rental properties over 10 years, that's a $100,000 client. I think conservatively, that's a $100,000 client. Whereas if you got a regular client that is a traditional home buyer, home seller living in a property, they might be a $20,000 client over that decade. So you can, not afford, but you can take a lot of extra time. You put in a lot of extra effort serving them 
doing things that add value, being super helpful, going way above and beyond because they are worth more to you as a client. I'm, I, I this sounds so meretricious. It's almost, it sounds like it's a, uh, it's like I'm, I'm putting dollar amounts on people's heads, but it's, it's a practical consideration. If you're, if you're spending time on your business trying to help clients, focusing on clients that are going to buy more frequently and going above and beyond and serving them just makes business sense. It's not like I'm saying, you know, regular home buyers and sellers are bad people and you shouldn't waste your time on them. That's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, I think, you know, you'll find regular traditional clients in your normal mix when you're doing, you know, your investor classes. You'll find friends and family and people that know, like, and trust you that still want to use you as your broker, even though you're catering to real estate investors. That's natural. And I think you should still help those folks. But when you think about, you've got some extra time to do, to do things, where can you add value? Where can you be more helpful? I think if you think about, you know, the value that a real estate investor client can bring to you and catering to them, they can be worth a lot more money and it can be way worth you doing that, especially if you're doing it in a leveraged way. You know, doing classes to attract nomads and teach nomads everything they need to do when they are worth, you know, they're a hundred thousand dollar client over 10 years to you or more, I mean, my market's probably a lot more than that, but I mean, I'm, I'm kind of trying to be conservative here and show you that if you really cater to them and you find 10 of them, that's like a million dollars. That's like a million dollars over 10 years. And will all of them go buy 10 properties over 10 years? No, no, definitely not, right? You may find one, do one property and be like, yeah, this isn't for me. Or, you know, they do two or three or four or five. Or you may find somewhere, you know, them and their spouse are doing this in tandem or their their significant other. And so you end up getting like a two for one client where they're both doing it and they're both moving and each year. And next thing you know, you've got, you know, a married couple that has 15 properties that you have to buy. So, I mean, all these there's lots of variation in this. And I don't mean to simplify it down, but just choosing to focus on it. Well, you know, what if it was even that they bought it over three years? Well, Three transactions is greater than two transactions over a decade. So they're still worth 50% more, you know, if you want to look at it that way. So, all right, I've got off enough of a tangent. I hope you've enjoyed the class. Thank you for coming on live. I do appreciate that. Good to see you, Jim. And uh, if you guys need ATS, let me know. But otherwise, I'll post this to the video and to the podcast. Uh, enjoy it. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye for now.